Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Hello, church. Welcome to Monday Mornings that isn't on a holiday. Wow, what a difference. I want to talk to you about simplicity and about the reason simplicity is something we should pay attention to. I can remember when I was a boy, we lived in a heavily Catholic area, and I have no idea what the Catholic doctrine is about these things, but the kids around me would often talk about this is only a little white lie versus all the other lies. And I remember bringing it up to my father, and he said in in an incredible little burst of wisdom there, he said, there is nothing in the world easier to get dirty than a little white lie. I've always remembered that. But I've also picked up a lot of other things. If you're wearing white, it's easy to get that dirty. If you're wearing linen, it's going to wrinkle. My my linen actually pre-wrinkles before I even leave the house just to make sure it's on the job. And so there are things that tend to get more complicated or dirty or messy. And in fact, that goes to the second law of thermodynamics, the law of entropy, which says that everything we see is aging and wearing out. You know, while we may think that we're seeing some things blossom and grow, for example, a skyscraper, one of these 50, 60 um, story high buildings, and we say, look at that. Well, the energy it took to build that is actually more than what we're going to get out of it. There's an entropy there. So what am I saying? I'm saying this. Jesus started his, his church, his followers, by giving them simple rules, not easy to live by, but very easy to understand in the Sermon on the Mount and in his teaching and his life. And then not that long after the government comes, grabs a hold of the church and says, you're legal now, but we want you to be controlled and conformed. And now we have cathedrals, some of which took hundreds and hundreds of years to finish all of these resources. And and now we have denominations. The number of denominations in the world, uh, people have basically been guessing. It used to be we knew. It used to be we knew there'd be 400 or there'd be 800, but now it's in the tens of thousands. So complex. And the largest churches in, in the world, we're talking about denominations here or Christian groups, have an incredibly complex ecclesiology and theology. And there are doctrines that you have to sign on to. And you, you have to play a part of this big team and a big shell and a big move. And it gets so complicated. And you look back to Jesus and you wonder, it didn't look like that then. Why should it look like that now? Now, while this could be the launching pad for me to push for a more house church and virtual community, such as our safe harbor, that's not the point of today. The point is to bring all of this down because if we make that the point, it's not personal. It becomes something we can talk about, like I love everybody, but it's really hard to love Frank. You know, 
you, you got to bring this down. By the way, if your name's Frank, I just pulled that out. I'm sorry. I love you too, in a very vague, unspecified way. But if you look at somebody and say, I love you, that's very specific. So let's talk about simplicity and us. Let me put my old shrink hat on. Uh, I don't have one, it's a metaphor. Uh, and just talk to you about the value of this. My wife and I used to have a six month rule when it came to our clothes. We'd go into the closet, if we'd not worn it in six months, and if it was in very good shape, we would give it away. Now, we had to stop that when we moved to Michigan because there were summer clothes that you didn't wear but a couple months out of the year. So, and I may be overplaying that hand, but we had to make some exceptions. And you, there can be other exceptions as well. If you have some formal clothes for nights out and special occasions, fine. Don't make this a rule. Don't make this an absolute law. Don't make it a burden. It's actually supposed to be freeing you from burdens to get rid of those things that you don't really need and that could give somebody else joy. I've lived several places where there were very active groups asking you to donate your suits so that when people who are poor go for job interviews, they could really dress up. It's a huge benefit for them. And for most of us, let's be honest, they're dust catchers in our closet. I'm not going to tell jokes about women buying a bunch of shoes because men might buy a whole bunch of fishing lures or golf clubs. We're all a mess. So I do want to ask you to do a little inventory. Ask yourself some questions. Do I need this? Does this bring me more joy than it would someone else? Could this rescue someone else? Not for guilt, just a, an inventory. And then I want you to ask yourself another question. What if I died last night and now people have to go through my stuff and they have to decide what to keep, what to donate, and what in the world is this and why did they keep it? I have had to do that a couple of times. I've lost both parents, but both of my parents were had really pared things down so much. They own no real property at that stage, but there were other, and by the way, they did leave behind some things that I wish they had modified. For example, I have pictures of family that I don't know who they are. Old black and white, tiny pictures like they used to do one inch square or two inch square, funny shapes to us. And I don't know who these people are. They never wrote it on the back or never digitized it and put a caption to it. What if you were to die today? Do you have a will? Do you have a, that's all very important, but I'm talking about, are we making just a big pile of stuff for our kids? I used to have about 20 guitars. I, I now have, I think six, five or six. Um, was that painful? You know, it really wasn't. I thought it would be, but I began to realize a couple of things. One, none of my grands seemed to be interested in guitars. And so why would I save them to pass them on? And since they don't know guitars, now they're burdened. They've got to find out what they're worth and they have to, I don't want to do that to them. So I've pared down to get the tones I need. And as my hands stiffen, and as perhaps I, if I get old enough to where 
I can't play the guitars, then I'll just sell them on. I won't leave them for somebody to go through. But here's a real point about guitar I really wanna make. Don't tune out if you don't like guitars because it does apply to you, I promise. I caught myself back when I had all those guitars really trying to buy better playing. In other words, instead of doing the hard work of learning how to play better, I kept fooling myself, believing that I could go buy a better. And if I bought a better guitar, then I'd be a better player. And the thing is, at some level, that's true. If you buy a Taylor or a Martin, you're gonna have a better experience than if you get one of these 60 or $120 guitars that you see in the shop that's of no, no name, made in some little country that doesn't even have a uh, history of making acoustic music. So somewhat you can buy a better game. You can buy a better soccer ball. You can buy better cleats. You can buy a better baseball bat, but it really hits the wall fast because there are people out there with worse cleats, a, a bashed up soccer ball and, a, and an awful, terrible guitar that sound better and play better than you because they take what they have and they work with it. I used to do a lot of competitions and shooting and I had several firearms there, but we all knew, we all knew that the firearm doesn't make you a better shot. It, it might be a more accurate firearm, but it won't make you a better shot. We have, there's, a, there's a saying at these competitions, beware the old guy that only owns one gun because he knows how to use it. And he can hit the X-ring every time he shoots and he's going home with the prize while you're sitting there looking down at your, your pallet of firearms wondering, well, this was, these are more expensive. Why didn't they do better? It's not the tool. You can't buy yourself. What are, what are we buying? When we go out and we buy things, whether it's food, clothing, toys, um, adult toys, kid toys, whatever it is, what are we buying? I fear sometimes that when we buy screens and video games and such, we are buying our kids' childhood away from them and putting them into an area where they have no interaction with real human beings and therefore they are emotionally stunted for, I don't know how long it would take them if they could recover. There, if you have these things and you have limits on these things, well done. But if you don't put limits on them, how, what are you doing? Are you buying a bad future for your child? Are you buying a bad future for you? Because you're breaking a bond there. You can't interrupt the game. What are we buying? I see people that, that wear jerseys that have uh, their favorite player on them. That's fine. In fact, I've got favorite players. National Soccer Club has uh, Hani Mukhtar, who was MVP last year. This year, he didn't get it. Uh, and I, I, th I think he's a fantastic player. Love watching him play. And he's also, by the way, a really decent human being. I went in thinking, all right, you know, I'm, I'm part of this group here season ticket holder, I'll grab a jersey, looked over the jersey, was $199. No, no. First of all, nobody, I'm, if I put that on, nobody's gonna think I'm honey. And, no, and if I dress like him, it doesn't mean I can kick a football like him. 
I can't kick a football like my eight-year-old grandson. So it's all right to show support for your team, but just be aware when you're buying that that's all you're buying. You're, you are, maybe you're buying a bit of identity, a bit of I am in the group. And the, the weirdness of that one, some, uh, a very nice group of men in Cookful that have been following my videos for years and uh, reached out to me. And so I go over you know, a few times a year, amazing men. They gave me a little Yeti and had a, a picture put on it that comes from a story that we have that you don't really need to have here. And it was very, very nice. And I really appreciate it. I like Yetis. Whenever I open it up on the inside, it had the instructions. You know, this one is dishwasher safe and the like. But it also had a sticker I could put on my car saying Yeti. There's nothing wrong with putting that sticker up there. But why would I want to put one there? You know, I have identity. I am in a group. I own a product. Apple does that as well. You buy a phone. You buy a laptop. You got a little Apple thing to stick on your car to show people you're part of that group. Okay, that's fine, but why? And the whole point is, are you buying identity, a better game? Are you, instead of working out, there are a bunch of t-shirts now made for men that are supposed to cover your punch. And are you buying clothes to make you feel better? Or is that their job? What are we doing? Are we allowing the complexity of the world to do to us personally what it did to Jesus's church and what it does to white linen worn outside? Maybe, maybe we need to pull back. James chapter five, one through six, tells us that rust will be used as a witness against us. My wife and I are actually on a pretty aggressive program of getting rid of stuff. And it's been really freeing. I had so many people reach out to me whenever I was selling my guitars and they were going, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, I am. And I can honestly tell you now, months later, I don't miss them. Not a single one. And then when I sold my slingshot, everybody thought we must be dying. Well, there is a medical bill coming up for a family member. Yeah, sure, but that's not the point. The point was, I've enjoyed that for six years. I would probably enjoy it for another six years, but do I enjoy it enough to hold on to it or should I let it go? We decided, eh, I'm gonna let it, well, actually I decided, my wife was not gonna make that decision. She uh, and, and wanted to make sure I was doing it of my own free will. And guess what? I don't miss it. I really enjoyed it, but I don't miss it. It's amazing what you do not miss when you are willingly letting things go. It's been such a good part of our life to learn that message, learn that lesson again. So just think about that. Inventory your life. And we've all been talking about uh, possessions here, but we can also talk about your, your schedule, your schedule. Um, maybe simple is better. Let's pull back. Let's think about few things and doing them well, wearing them well, caring for them well, rather than allowing the world to continually bombard us with, you must have, you must have, you must have. It's, um, 
kind of sad, isn't it, when you look at it that way? Well, you know how to be happy? Inventory. Think. Pray. And release. God bless you. Thank you for starting your year with Our Safe Harbor. You just cannot know how much your little messages, your emails, your, um, your hey, we're, we're tri- driving through. Can we see the soundstage? All of those communications are amazing and they truly give us energy to do what we're doing. Thank you. If you need to write us, info at OurSafeHarbor.com and go to OurSafeHarbor.com to uh, as a, the website just to look around for a while. Look at the map and make sure you're your pen, there's a pen where you are. We don't put your name, but there's a pen where you are. It's a fun map. Cheers.